1: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bloom, episode 24. Coming at you to continue our positional recaps of the 2022 season. This time we're going to the middle infield, second base, and shortstop. Talk a little LCS action to have some fun with that as well, and much, much more. You can find myself on Twitter at BD Intric and my co-host is always on Twitter at Ryan BHQ. Ryan Bloomfield. How are we doing, man?
2: We are we are doing. We are we are doing forecaster hundred percent of the time 99% of the time we are doing first pitch, Arizona prep. We are doing podcasts. We are doing a draft. We are doing what else, what else am I doing? We're, we're, we got, I got my XFL keeper deadline this weekend. So like I said before, this is the busiest time of year and it, it is. And honestly, man, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's yeah. uh, a ton of fun.
1: It's fun. It's fun. Like I started, a. Uh with the gain of the edge guys, we're starting to kind of plan our November push. And I'm like, all of a sudden kind of getting a little excited again to, uh, to get back into it after a little breather here. And uh, I got my black book assignment for the year. So okay, it's, uh, yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, I'll be jumping in the waters with you here in a minute to, um, to get get going here first pitch is going to be awesome as i think people are probably sick of us saying over and over again but we say it for a reason because it is two weeks (laughs) yep it's so close i literally looked at my calendar because you know i have to do certain uh, scheduling things in my life now and i was uh, i was looking at it the other day and i'm like oh man it's right around the corner this is great like it's so close so almost you uh, you pull
2: up the weather app on the phone and and that that 10th day it's starting to starting to get there it's
1: getting close Getting close, so it's going to be a blast. Look forward to seeing whoever can make it out there. It's going to be a great time for the you know four days or whatever we are in Arizona, which is always a great place to be in the fall slash winter time of the year. But all right, before we get into our second base shortstop recap, comparing ADPs with the Rasball Player Raider finishes, which was very fun and productive for first base and third base. Let's talk a little postseason. The last time we talked, they were wrapping up the uh, wild card rounds. We talked a little divisional action. Well, the divisional rounds wrapped up. The Yankees took down the Guardians, unfortunately. That was a rough one to stomach for some of us. But uh, the Astros and the Mariners, that was a series mm. of all series, like literally a couple bounces from a completely different outcome. And then you have the National League that the 5-6 seeds both made the LCS for the first time because it's the first time we have a 5-6 seed. And Fernando Tatis Jr. might not miss most of the season now. So uh, what are your thoughts on this, uh, the division series and, you know, we have Astros up 1-0 and the Phillies uh, Padres tied at 1.
2: And that, that Tatis thing, man, um, that's probably the biggest fantasy takeaway of this postseason is, uh, I guess the Padres won today, so they're guaranteed to go in five in the NLCS. So five fewer games of Tatis for next year. It's been, it, the Mariners series was rough. Um, that, was a, that was a tough one. Super entertaining. Jordan Alvarez just, um, you know, talent i know there's a lot of kind of nitpicking on why why go Robbie ray against uh against jordan alvarez in the ninth and and you know all this you know should have pitched this guy that guy it's just houston was the better team uh but it was a it was a fantastic series really every series has been super entertaining and to me at least like that's i don't know i i that's what I like to see in the postseason. There's there's been a lot of talk back and forth about the the new format and and the best teams not being there and that sort of thing. But I think it's almost just like check your expectations with these postseason tournaments um, in pretty much any sport. The best team more often than not does not win their uh, their their postseason tournament. It's just kind of weird that baseball is getting that
1: rap this year. I guess it's because of, of L.A., um, was there a high seed in the National League complaining about something, Ryan? I missed that. I thought it was a great outcome in that series. I, did I miss something? Was someone you're, complaining? You're about a little biased, something? but but yes, a yeah, very good it. outcome for you. I thought um, it was a great a great series. Like the Padres played amazing baseball.
2: It's um, it's just I don't know. It's postseasons are, and I've always thought this way, and I've said this on the show before. Get to the postseason; it's a crapshoot. It it it's it's always been that way. Um, I think if we just kind of relax, take in these moments, these upsets—they're fantastic to watch—and take the postseason for what it's worth. It's it's entertaining as heck, and it's it's been great. So um, I'm dialed in, man. Um, I, I, I'm personally rooting for the Padres or the Phillies. I'm still a little hurt from the from the Astros series, so I'll I'll go with the NL and see where we get.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how the NL plays out because I love the. Like those games in Philadelphia, I would have wanted to be in that crowd. That was just an atmosphere of all atmospheres. We know Philly's got some fans. Like we know football, baseball, they got fans, but that place was insane and for good reasons great games great comebacks like but it was just electric and that's what i love about the postseason especially for teams like they haven't been there like 11 or 12 years so it just shows like the excitement that you can get the mariners was rocking of course for good reasons and they'll be back very soon i think i wouldn't be too worried about that when they got quite the core set up there but um i'm pulling for the phillies because i just want to keep seeing that run take place i love seeing harper dominate because I'm a Harper fan. I get annoyed up people think he's overpaid and overregged. There's a big spectrum of people that think that. And it always makes me laugh because I think he's that good. Like I was I tweeted about it. I was sitting at a sports bar on Monday night, right before Harper went deep. And the bat before that is when he smoked one and Cronenworth was shifting and dove and like it would have broken around if all this stuff. And this guy, this Phillies fan, I said, I said Man, Harper's having a great se- like postseason, hitting everything hard. He's all, yeah, he's just hitting it hard. He's not doing anything. I was like he had 3 home runs hitting 426 coming into that at bat. Nothing. Nothing and then he goes deep his next at bat. And I'm like you Phillies yeah, fans, excellent. I tell you this is amazing. So F- fickle, and then Schwarber's fickle, like 800 foot homer. So yeah. there, the formula formula's working.
2: Extras. I mean, we we I I we, I picked the the Phillies to go to the NLCS just because yeah. of Nolan Wheeler. Um with them, it's gonna. I mean, that bullpen, man. Can you? Yep. Can how long can it hold together? Like I thought, uh, we're recording Wednesday, and I thought Wednesday's game too Thought they had it in the bag with uh, mm-hmm. with Aaron Nola and a four game or a four run lead. But um, I know Nola gave up a fair share of that. But yep. man, I don't know if that bullpen can hold it together. And meanwhile, San Diego's bullpen has been nailed. So, yep. um, and that was a perceived weakness um so just interesting josh Hader's doing his thing at the back of the in the the ninth he's back ryan presley looked fantastic tonight again not taking away too much of this stuff but uh, for next year but um yeah just just really good baseball this this has honestly been one of uh one of my favorite uh postseason so far there's just been a lot of moments a lot of new teams a lot of upsets Mm -hmm. it's been uh it's been great so let's let's hope for as much baseball as possible especially um Especially World Series game six and yeah. seven in that first pitch. That would just be amazing. Didn't you happen to
1: draft Ryan Presley? Wasn't that your closer by chance? I did. I'm
2: rooting for him. Yeah, just
1: checking. Just checking. Oh, yeah. Fourth, fourth um, round
2: Ryan Presley in our in our degenerate degenerate draft and hold. Uh
1: that pick was made back in August. So uh, but, and I, I um, won't keep like belaboring the games because people probably don't care about all our thoughts on the games, but it was funny with tonight's Yankees game because they struck out I think like 17 times or something, like crazy number and seven of those were between Carpenter and Donaldson in the middle of the order. And that was with uh, four of those at-bats runners in scoring position, the only times all game the Yankees had runners in scoring position. I'm just laughing. Like, it's just... Well, certain, I, I, certain I think Stanton and Judge bases. were only... I think Stanton and Judge were only one
2: strikeout of the 17, so... Yep. Um, it's actually weird. Just times. given like given times, uh, the Yan- I've watched the fewest of the Yankees in any team. Most of their games are on at, like, four our time, and that's... That time, that's time. no bueno time for yep. uh, for me. It's either during the that's day tough. when I've got it on in the background, or uh, those those West Coast
1: night games. For sure, for sure. But we'll talk more about it next week. Probably have some World Series ideas by then. Maybe even starting the World Series. We'll see. So we'll have some fun to uh, break down there. Hopefully, we'll uh, have some good series, as you said until then and i think we will i think we're gonna have some 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 dandies as they would say But let's get into it we have second base we have shortstop we did first base third base last week and for those uh, keeping track at home we're using adp from main events towards the end of draft season comparing it to the finishing rasball player raider rankings and basically seeing did these picks pan out and how did it work and we remember with first base and third base extremely top heavy if you took one early you benefited if you didn't You had to do some getting lucky as the draft went on. Just first glance, a little different at these positions, but we already know that especially shortstop is an extremely deep position, which we've known for a long, long time. So that helps a lot before we even break that down. But let's get into second base, Ryan. And um, it's a crazy position. And obviously this guy is eligible both, so he will top both positions. But I know most of us, had Trey Turner as our number one overall last year. He went number one overall last year, and he was the number one second baseman. And I'll say number one shortstop while we're at it. like He he earned every bit of that. So I'm just going to stop there for a second so we can talk, talk about Trey Turner. But he did it again, and he's done it time and time again. He performs at an elite level at a top pick, and it's hard to see anybody but Trey Turner still being number one to me for the time being.
2: I, I agree with you. I, I think Trey Turner is the the number one overall pick next year. I mean, he is a free agent, so let's see where he goes there. One thing with Trey Turner that's just kind of interesting. Dude had he had a hundred RBI. I, I normally think crazy. of yeah. I mean, that's um. I know a lot Dodger fueled hitting second, mostly behind Mookie Betts. So the runs were there, but the RBI were absolutely there. I think. I, I think the counting stats, if he does not stay in LA, are gonna take a hit, but I don't think it's enough to uh to to knock Trey Turner from um from number one overall. I believe Rob Silver tweeted this out earlier today. Trey Turner is one of two um one of two guys to finish in the top 15 each of the last five seasons. And the other one is um Freddie Freeman, J Ram, oh, Freeman. No, Freddie Freeman, J Ram four it. out of the last five seasons, along with Machado, your boy, Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts. But Trey Turner and Freddie Freeman uh, are the two guys
1: who finished top of, each of the last five seasons. So, um, yeah, and number one and I, for me. And I agree that the landing spot obviously will have an impact on certain things. But I also think a different team could actually increase the stolen bases. He only had 27 steals because, yeah. you know, hitting second there, he's driving in Mookie, he had all these big bats behind him. It felt like he wasn't running as much as he used to just because the need wasn't there with the Dodgers. But I could be overthinking it. No, you're right.
2: At HQ, we use stolen base opportunity metric. Just kind of estimates when you're on first, what percentage of time do you run? Typically, Trey Turner's been low mid-20% and this year 17%. So, yeah, he yeah. definitely did not run
1: as much. Didn't need to. To be honest. Yeah, exactly. He didn't need to, but, uh, you know, going to a different team, we could see that spike again, and and that could be quite interesting. All right, now we go farther down the list. You had Ozzy Albies, uh, 17th off the board, 35th, because obviously missed a lot of the season with an injury, and we will talk about him more. But then Trevor Story, 17th on the player radar with Merrifield, even though it was a bad season, still finished 15th at second base. Like, he didn't really help you, but he didn't crush you. So this is a guy we've been joking about in our our, uh, degenerate draft because he just keeps staying on the board. Um, it's tough to take with Merrifield, especially not knowing where he's gonna play and all these scenarios, but he still at least kind of produced for you as the season went on. Yeah, on the NFBC platform, they
2: haven't and 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 shouldn't yet, because it's still in the postseason, they have not rolled the site forward to 2023 yet, Slacker. So the so the draft board is ordered by ADP. And if you time out, which you almost did, Bubba, last night, saved you yeah, saved you a with a with a that, last that minute. Let me text. Know. That's
1: yes.
2: right. Um you you get the the, the 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 Whit Merrifield. Um, so he's that kind of guy right now who typically during draft season, it's the guy who gets hurt in February. ADP is already up there. And if you time out, you get him. Uh, but now it's Whit Merrifield because we're... And Javi Baez is the second one because... um, Yeah, he's sitting there.
1: Yeah, It's by last year, ADP. Crazy but that, you're... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, sorry. Sorry, I was going to move on, but you got more to say. Go for it.
2: I was just going to... You brought up like Merrifield not being a total disaster. And even Trevor Story too. Like I... But, I had the impression that they were just like complete duds. And yes, uh, very bad seasons from both of them. But finished 15th and 17th at the position, like it, when you factor in, um, you know, injuries and lost time and things like that, like that wasn't like horrible. Uh, it was it was bad, but it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I thought. It was interesting to see them at least finish like middle of the pack uh, at the position. Yeah.
1: And that's why I like this exercise. It really kind of brings things into light on what really happened, like kind of takes biases out because it's just the numbers. It's This is what it was. And it, it kind of helps things like Marcus Simeon, fifth, second baseman off the board to pick 58, second in the play writer. And this mm-hmm. is a guy that for like the first, what, two yeah. months of the season, everyone was writing off, like, this guy's horrible, Why text to sign him. And he finished with 26 homers and 25 stolen bases. Like he was outstanding and um, kind of shut everybody up. And I guess it goes also to show – as long as you're not playing head-to-head in a rotor league, sometimes you're good players. You just roll the dice and trust them. And Simeon made you feel a lot better by the end of it.
2: One home run and a sub-200 batting average, six steals. But that, that's what you were looking at with Marcus Simeon through May, like through the first two months yeah. of the season. And then, uh, uh, yeah, hit six plus homers in every other month after that uh, with with speed and that sort of thing. So quite the salvage. Um we say be aggressive and drop sometimes, but this was not this was not the case. And I think there were whispers of kind of dropping Marcus Semyon in shallower leagues just because he was doing absolutely nothing. But uh we say at HQ, practice excruciating patience. And sometimes, um sometimes it's not good to be too patient, but it definitely paid you off with, with Semyon 30, let's see, 58 ADP. I I think he'll go even higher next year.
1: So well, let's just have some fun with here. that for a second. Um, if we look at this fancy, handy-dandy draft board, where did Simeon go? It, what can it?
2: He went in the he, early way? fourth round. So, yeah. so before pick fifty-eight, and that yep. was again, that was that was mid-August when we did this. And so, Simeon still uh, kind of improved after that. So, I could, I could definitely see Simeon
1: being a third-round pick, and I'd probably be fine with it next year. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Javi Baez, like we said, you know, still 18th Oof. on the Raider. 17 homers, nine steals. No. Somehow that didn't crush you. Like I was devastated with him all year. Like I, I've been a Baez guy through and through. It was a tough one. Part of me wants to be like, okay, that was year one of a contract. Second year, he's gonna be comfortable. I don't know. He looked more lost than lost out there at the plate. So that was a tough one. But then after Baez. We see a sea of red, Ryan. We have (laughs) Jazz Chisholm, who was my dog, and I do not regret this pick still. He 254, 14, and 12, and he got hurt. Like He was on his way to a monster season. He's had injury concerns, though, so some people say that's kind of what you signed up for. Maybe. Then you have Brandon Lau, uh, Horry Polanco, Ketel Marte, Jonathan India. A lot of injuries in this mix that caused a lot of this, uh, but still subpar performances from picks 7 through 11 at the second base position.
2: Yeah, and this was a big thing in draft season where in if we think back to, to March and April, like second base was kind of deep up top, or so we thought, and then dropped off a cliff after like pick a hundred. There were a bunch of second basemen going basically at the same ADP. And those were the guys that you mentioned, this pocket of of Baez, Chisholm, Brandon Lau, Polanco, Marte, India. Jose Altuve and Tommy Edmond, kind of in that order, that's where they were going. And it was almost like there was debates on, you know, how do you order those guys? Which one do you take out of that? Basically, the answer was wrong for almost almost yes. all of them. The only ones that worked out were Jose Altuve, who had a, had a hell of a season. 328 home runs, 18 steals. Like, 18 I to, steals. That's the big yeah. shocker right there. He ran again. He ran again he i thought it was one or the other either batting average or homers and turns out it was both so like jose Altuve, absolutely crushed it um the other one in that group that i and and bubba you mentioned this i mean it is your boys chaz it's jazz chisholm like yep. i still think i mean you need to take that end of season line and and, and add on what you got from his replacement, replacement. value yeah, and um, just a kind of a I did a kind of sneak peek Chisholm's forecaster write up. It's it's quite rosy. So yeah, um, has, everything I, I, about okay his profile,
1: everything about his profile before he got hurt was just like little breakout star. Like everything was great. So he's got praise healthy though. It's been a problem. It's been a problem for him. But, it's been a uh, problem.
2: It's that age old like is it is it that coin flip thing? Did he did he just? Yeah did he just land on tails two years in a row um is it a kind of longer term issue i don't think we know yet i always lean on the side of just he's gotten unlucky a couple years in a row and that's just what it is um we've seen plenty of examples of guys who have been injury prone early in their careers nelson cruz always comes to mind um and then just become just became one of the more stable guys kind of later in his career um But I, I think it's just kind of that bad luck. But well, yeah, fourteen homers, twelve steals, and two hundred at bats, two hundred thirteen yeah, at bats for Jazz. Like, you don't want to prorate totally, but it's easy to see a twenty five twenty five season next year. So, yep, I'm on board. I'm on board. That, for sure. that wasn't a miss. The the other ones no. were misses. Like, man, Brandon yes. Lau, Polanco, Marte, and
1: uh, and India. You India was hurt a ton too, and I just took him. I just took him in our draft, in our degenerate
2: draft. Yeah, let's so. And I took a second baseman as well. Um, since our draft restarted on Monday, but yes, yes, you did did take some, yeah, you took India in the 11th. Um, so are are you so? I mean, obviously, we're granting this a pass injury pass, but what's the thinking there?
1: It's two things. It's the injury pass. He's young, you know, rookie of the year, two years ago, the hit tool still, I think they're, I'm going to factor the injury and he's still in great American small park. So come back healthy, hit towards the top of the order. Um, I'm still good with them as long as he stays healthy. That's my two cents. Like if we see him healthy in spring, he's not an 11th round pick at all. Not even close. Like he moves right back up the board to at least like I would say a sixth or seventh, maybe, maybe I'm over, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I think he's got legit upside in that regard that, uh, it was one of those I'm looking at the draft board and it's like, okay, I, I could you know, I could take a chance here on a guy like India and be okay with it. Um, even if he doesn't produce as well as I would hope, I could still survive it at, at round 11. I'd obviously want more, but uh, that's my train of thought. I'm thinking bounce back. Um, it was hamstring injuries, and that just requires time, and they just kept bringing him back. So give it time, let him heal, and hopefully he's not Troy the whiskey and we can go that direction, and we're okay. So. It's funny. That's I have India's
2: India's box uh, for the forecaster. I wrote it up right before the podcast, so it's literally standing. It's right in front of me on my screen, um, with with a with my commentary filled out. And yeah, what I saw, like, it, I mean, the hamstring was never right. You had an IL stint in April. You had another IL stint in May. So he came back. It wasn't. It wasn't right. Um, went back on the IL, and then it recurred later again. I think in August. Uh, yeah. I don't think went on the IL for that, but again, like he was playing with this all season and, yeah. um, it's, uh, it's the, the, on the, on the flip side, the one thing that I'll say on the flip side is like, we don't have a super long track record of Jonathan India in the majors, sure. at least like the prospect pedigree was there, but all we really have for, for India is that 2021 season. And so I yeah. think the question is like, how much, you know, will he rebound to that or how close will he get? To that 2021 season where he hit 21 homers, 12 steals, and hit 270. So I think that's kind of the key question is how much yeah. does he uh does he bounce back, assuming he's healthy. It's it's uh fair.
1: I don't I don't know the answer, but it's 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 an yeah. interesting one. Yeah. So I'm taking a gamble. I'm taking a gamble yeah. on it and see what happens. But uh like you mentioned Altuve third on the player radar just a beast. Tommy tanks fourth. And that was a kind of a quieter second half, and he still put up amazing numbers: thirty-two steals, thirteen 32 home bags. runs, two sixty-five. Uh, you got Luis Garcia. I, who, ignore, ignore Luis yeah. Garcia. That is the pitcher
2: <laughs> the wrong ADP. One. Wrong one. Yep. So I, I threw this together a little bit too quick with everything else going it's all on. Good. And I fell I, for I, the trap. Uh, so.
1: But you know, what's impressive, even though he had a buck ninety-six this year. Max Muncy finished twenty-third. Like not great, but not bad. We talked about him a lot. I even took a gamble and drafted him. As uh, we talked about him last week. How I'd be kind oh, of willing to you. take that that's chance. Right. I, I took him after I wow. took uh, India, or or right before him. I think. Right before. And I didn't uh, realize
2: that was you. Nice.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm again. He's got that eligibility, which in a DC is tremendous to me. So um, yeah, that's a guy that I'm looking for. I don't 196 is not Max Muncy. So. Um, I, I'm there on him. We got Ray Cronenworth. Everyone likes to clown on him. Still finished eighth at second base on the player radar. You got McMahon at 14th, and then Glaber Torres finished seventh with 24 homers and 10 stolen bases. So it's like you said, you take him early. There's the pocket of bad, but then there was one, two, three. If you count Muncy or not, Luis Garcia. So one, two, three, four, like six or seven straight really quality picks between 91 and 150. So that's a, It's a lot to say there at second base position.
2: Yeah, I mean hindsight's everything, but. This is where the value was uh, second base was waiting until after pick 100. And this is kind of the a little bit opposite of first base and third base that we talked about last week where the market like completely nailed the, the beginning. Though I did realize I didn't put Chris Bryant in there for whatever yeah. reason. Uh, but the market did nail the beginning of first base and third base, those early rounds. And then it went kind of hollow. Whereas second base, and we'll talk about shortstop mm-hmm. next, uh, but similar, similar path. If you waited till like the ninth, 10th round and 15 teamers, you got one of these guys, you got your Cronenworth, McMahon, Glaber. Um, you got Tommy Edmond at hundred, you got Altuve at 90. Like that really worked out. So if you did play it where you got your corners early, and waited a little bit in middle infield, that worked out for you. Now, I mean, is that gonna be the trend next season? I don't know, but it's interesting to at least see see how that played out. And if you played it, if you played it right, you you uh, you crushed it. If you started with <laughs> Albies and then waited on corner infield um you yeah. weren't collecting a paycheck this, uh, this
1: raise my this raise my hand over season. here i'll raise my hand on that one that was this guy but um yeah so we get through that round you got chris taylor dj the Mayhew you guys are hurt all season so they kind of 31st and 24th in the player rate. but then colton wong and that was even with some injuries 15 homers 17 steals i was pounding the colton wong bandwagon all um uh, preseason based on his draft value i was writing about it i was talking about how good he is especially leading off for milwaukee that came through. Ty France, even with some injuries, 276, 20 home runs, and some nice eligibility. And Brennan Rogers wasn't horrible, and he was injured a lot. So a lot of injuries here in this spot, but you still had long France and Rogers that didn't crush you from picks 180 to 189.
2: Yep. And yeah, Colton Wong, it's it's interesting. I actually went back and forth. So I took Von Grissom in the 12th round of our degenerate draft uh, a couple hours ago. Thought hard about colton wong uh i feel like he kind of went under the radar uh this season Mm -hmm. in in milwaukee but hit hit i think first or second most of the time 430 at bats but i mean went 15 homers 17 steals with a 250 batting average like that is um that is damn good in 430 at bats. so like he's 31 next year will be his age 32 season but i feel like colton wong's not getting talked
1: about that much and um in terms of five category production like that's that's pretty solid yep i'm with you and then just some other guys that kind of stood out as productive at ordo escobar picked 219 20 homers no steals was okay but andres jimenez at 234 yep. sixth on the player 297 17 and 20 was awesome jeff mcneil kind of had a, a rebirth only nine homers and four steals but at 326 10th on the play radio right? at josh rojas we've talked about Luis rise who was there and brandon drury guys we talked about last week but that andres jimenez one is one that's gonna be a fun topic of conversation all offseason because it was like a season or two ago we all were thinking this is what he was and then he couldn't even keep a job in the majors and then even this year kind of wasn't great out the gate got it going to the minors again came back and was just a beast so he's going to skyrocket quite a bit come draft season
2: he is, and so I had Jimenez's box as well. I'm working too hard on the forecaster thing, um, but no, it, 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 forecaster's all alphabetical. So anybody who's like a G or um, right around there is probably one of my guys. Um, two things can be true at the same time with Andre Jimenez, like he probably had his career year last year. I don't, I don't see him even that's kind of weird to say for someone who I think is 24 years old. Um, but that's more common than not to have your career year kind of early in your career. That can be true, but it can also be a pretty skill supported step forward. Um, and so Jimenez, like, I think he's a little bit over his skis in terms of the batting average. He hit three, what did he hit? Uh, 297 this year. I think he's more like a 270 guy with maybe 15 homers, 15 steals. Um, but that's that's awful uh that's awful productive the only thing so I, I kind of list that line out and I just talked about Colton Wong like I I wonder if you can get like Wong is a cheaper
1: Andres Jimenez later oh yeah draft. 100% because Jimenez went around six in our draft like and he's Wong he's is, going up yeah, and, yeah so, and Wong's still on the board yeah exactly and that's that's the same thing that happened last year so I said like I was writing articles like huh. it was Tommy Edmond and Colton Wong were going like over a hundred picks apart at one point when I was writing my article. And I'm like, I get Tommy Edmond's appeal, but Colton Wong, we saw 15, 17, and he only played 400 at bats. What if he stayed healthy? Like we're talking 2020, a hundred picks later, that's a game changer depending on what you took at pick 100. So it's like the little things like that when I, I like, at least when I, like, I know we all do it with our content, but it's, it's not always the, um, the equal stat line. It's what do you get when you flip those picks also? And that's what that's that's the whole point of comparing like a Wong versus an Edmund. It's like, yes, Edmund finished probably better than Wong. We've established that. But what you would have picked at Edmund compared to what you picked at Wong, Now tell me that difference as well. And then that's where it gets interesting. So and um, and the opportunity cost. What I mean, what else is available to you at those spots? And exactly. Yeah. So, and that's where I like, that's where, that's, kind, that's the kind of research I like to do. Maybe it's not the most efficient to become a very good player, but I like to try to find those kind of opportunity cost plays. And then you yep. can kind of navigate elsewhere. That's, that's what I used to do most of draft season. And Wong just stood out in a big way. And by the looks of things right now, he's going to stand out again for me. Cause he, I think he still is very good. Like you said, he's only 32. Like I think he's going to be just fine. So yeah, we'll, I have a feeling we'll be talking more Colton Wong as things go on. Um, second base, the um, ADP, we talked about that. Uh, you met, you had a note there about outside of Trey Turner. We kind of talked about that. Yeah. Who was your most targeted second baseman, good or bad for you this year?
2: Um, Most targeted? Who do I have the most of? Everybody should know mine already, so this is easy. I I unfortunately want to say, yes, yeah, I, I think it's just on a couple teams. But I think it was Javi Baez.
1: I have a lot of bios. I won't deny that. But my main dude, I sh- I feel bad, because I'm not wearing a shirt tonight. I have my Jazz Chisholm shirt. I should have worn it tonight. What a bad <laughs> bad fan I am. But um, you have a Jazz have shirt? It. Yeah, from the road. The it wear? Yeah, okay. Oh yes. yeah, it's like it's an it's an I'll, I'll wear it at first pitch. It's it's a great shirt, but it's a uh, it's like That's you don't awesome. know baseball. You play have no like what's this guy wearing type shirt. So I don't yeah. wear it in a ton of places. But at, at first pitch Arizona, everyone will know what's going on. Um, everyone will get it. Yeah. So I, I love jazz and I, we just already talked about it. I'll be back in. I'm not afraid of him. And our draft was back in. He went, I think it was around three. I got the board right here. Yeah. He went round three. He went to two pick or three picks after Albies. He was the third, second baseman off the board. So uh, that was our buddy, Rob, DP, DP. So yep, took him. yeah, the, uh, the Chisholm love is going to be there again and in full swing. And I, we both kind of sound like we agree rightfully so. So uh, go get some right there. And my comparison to Chisholm last year was why draft Bo Bichette in round one when you can draft Jazz Chisholm four rounds later? That was my <laughs> comparison. And I was looking really smart there for a while. I, say, really well, well,
2: I made a note about Bichette. We'll, we'll get to Bichette in uh, in just a sec. Um Yeah, I'm looking at that third round, and I took Starling Marte two picks before Jazz. Kind of regretting that a little bit. Um But anyway... Um, yeah. one guy we haven't talked about, and I don't know, Rasball player Raider has him 21st finishing. I, I, so much of that depends on how much their algorithm or whatever yeah. is valuing stolen bases, but John Birdie, like tip of the cap. If we're, if we're reviewing second base, I know he played, where else was he? He was outfield. He was third base, third like base he up yeah. maybe in season at shortstop too. Jeez. Well, um, tip of the, the cap to that guy, right? man. 41 bags.
1: 18 in June. Yeah. Pretty and, crazy. Um, NFBC and, and and, and shortstop, outfield, second base, third base. Wow. That's valuable, folks, especially the draft champions. Like, I don't know if he's going to get you what he got you this year, but he, we know he can. We know he can. It's not out of question. But, my goodness. And he went uh, – he's, he's off the board in ours. He went, I think, around um...
2: – I think he's still available. He's. Oh, well, he is. Available. Okay. I thought he was yeah. taking And so we're at pick
1: one – We're in the thirteenth round, pick one eighty nine. So, that's about right. That's about right because you don't know if he's starting. Still, that's the fun part.
0: That's
1: so you don't know if he's starting. A,
2: you and so Birdie kind of felt, which honestly to me isn't that big of a deal. And we talked about this way back when when we were talking about Fab during the season. Like that's almost a feature because it keeps the price down. I mean, Birdie plays so much that. Someone's going to get hurt, and he's going to play. So it's not so much like that. It's more like the dude is 32 years old. He's never stolen more than 17 bases in a major league season.
0: When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. And based on a sample of 4,272 numers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
2: And you look at the second half, John Birdie hit uh, 216. Still had the sixteen steals, but hit hit two sixteen with ten RBI in the second half. So like some of that he was he was hurt, but that's one hundred ninety four at bats. But like there was a pretty steep drop off for Birdie first half. Just for comparison's sake, had hit two sixty eight with twenty five uh, stolen bases. So um, I don't know the track record, the kind of second half fade. I'm not going super early on him, but like in this draft, if he's man mid
1: teens. Well, there, shot, there's man. that. There's the, the drop off he had, and then there's the other thing, which is tough to like predict ever. But I know it's a topic of conversation. They're gonna have new uh, coaches, new manager. So what's the philosophy? Right. I yeah. you think you're gonna let Birdie run? Why else wouldn't you let Birdie run? Let's just be real. But you know, some managers are just weird. So I'm just gonna throw it out there. You never know who they bring in. I, I think it'll probably be somebody young that likes that's cheap. That likes it. That's my guess. That's the Marlins' way. But I'll uh, we'll have to kind of wait and see there.
2: And we might also I and I, I I, don't I'm not totally sold that this will happen, but there is a prevailing thought that with the rule changes, with um, the pitch clock and bigger yeah. bases and that sort of thing, that more players are going to steal. And thus, perhaps your 41 steals from John Birdie are not as valuable as yeah. they would have been um, in 2022. I don't know if that's that theory's correct or not yet. I need to look into it a little bit more, but that's also something that's at play with taking these kind of stolen base only guys early in draft season. Um, it's Kind of like they were going to run anyway with rules or not. Is the, is the rest of the league catching up to them? Theoretically, uh, I'm going to lower their value. I'm not
1: sure, but it's something to think about. Yeah. It's the fun question that it's already getting talked about a ton. Of, do you, <laughs> do you do you stolen bases kind of be even out flatten out kind of idea yeah, like do the, to the, the elite guys like you're saying aren't as elite anymore and also the shift conversation is all over the board so there's a lot of those fun ones that's going to change things as the draft seasons go on and people get really bored when there's no baseball to dig into stats that yeah. might be completely meaningless when things are all said and done but it'll be some fun conversation for sure Fun and, right. Who's your, and not as yes, fun, exactly. <laughs> like, I really don't plan on digging in on any of it, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, who is your biggest regret potentially? I guess not drafting at second base. Um, biggest regret not
2: drafting, it's I nice would jazz say, Jesse, of course, I'm just yeah,
1: you. yeah, yeah, of course. Besides,
2: besides, jazz, I would say Altuve and Edmunds. yeah, that stands um, out like a sore
1: thumb, Altuve,
2: like. Yeah. The production you got from those guys in the sixth or seventh round of a of a fifteen teamer is just um is just wild. I know there was a lot of talk about Edmund like hitting ninth in spring training at the end and that sort of thing. But uh yeah. That was yep, my regret. I, I don't think I got either of those two guys.
1: Yeah, no out for me. I was fading Edmund because like I said, like I thought I could go wong or someone later yeah. that would give me some good production. And they did, but yeah, no Edmund, But Altuve was a guy that I'm I'm kind of bummed at because a lot of us even said it like, hey, in like round nine or ten, you got this guy with a solid bat and averageable score, runs hitting some power. But I don't think anybody expected the stolen bases, and that was just like an elite game changer for him because otherwise, his stat line is just like a little better type France if he doesn't steal again. But now he stole, and that changed everything. So we'll wait and see how that goes in 2023. Let's go to shortstop. Shortstop position now. This is a fun one. Trey Turner, of course, leads the way, as we mentioned earlier. But the aforementioned Bo Bichette was the fifth player off the board at shortstop, and he, or fifth overall player off the board, and he was the fifth in the Rasball Ball Player Raider at shortstop, finishing with a 290 average, 24 homers, and 13 stolen bases. And if you just read Twitter, you would think Bo Bichette had the worst season alive at one point in time. He finished really strong, yes, but there was a section of the year where people were like, wow, what's wrong with Bo Bichette? You probably wanted more than twenty four thirteen at pick five. But as we've said that this exercise shows you, he didn't kill you. And so I think that's the moral of the story here.
2: Yeah, he was fine. He was absolutely fine. The, the only things that in Bichette's, not like his corner, but we talked that we had a couple episodes about what's happened since football started. Uh, Boba taking off is one of those things that happened since football started. So Boba in September hit four Oh three with seven home runs and three stolen bases. So like on the one hand, he probably won you some leagues, especially head to head post playoff type formats like that. That was huge. On the other hand, if you drafted Boba and your team was kind of out of it by September, that September production didn't really matter for you. Um, I know it all counts the same. That 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 September production is the same as it was in April, uh, but a lot of teams that had him probably probably out of the running at that point. But um, I took Bobichet fifth overall in labor mix. And yes, like you said, Bubba, it's not the production that you like w- want out of that spot. But I mean, at HQ is still like a thirty dollar player. I, oh, yeah. I I honestly 100%. like if you if you said would I make that pick again? Like it's not the I pick, but. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, he did have, so like, I mean, the the, the other big thing was accounting stats, 91 runs, 93 RBI for Boba So like um, a, a good year, he made up for it with a, with
1: a yeah. really strong finish. Yeah. And of course, Steve Weimer got him in round three in our draft somehow. Oh, I have no clue and, how. and I remember no the whole, how. the whole room was yeah. like, Oh, and Boy, that was before that September. Happen? Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Crazy so, talk. So, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think he's still a very, very valuable high pick. He, you won't see him in round three in any draft the rest of the year, any 15 team where I will put money on that right now. Like, you are not going to see that. If you do, it's because someone literally heard this podcast and wants me to pay money. That's the yeah. only reason why it's happening. Uh, he will not be going in round three any other time.
2: I think, I think he's um, back in first round, back wheel. Yeah,
1: he should be. I think once people kind of, kind of get the 2022 taste out of their mouth and realize things like that, he's moving right back up. No, no doubt about it. The third shortstop off the board pick 27 was Tim Anderson, 36 on our player, hit 301, 6 homers, 13 stolen bases. And the thing I want to bring up with Tim Anderson, because I love I know we both did. We both had our fair shares of Tim Anderson. Like I know that for a fact. And we the average is never a joke. 301, 309, 322, 355. We know there's power. We know there's speed. The problem, Ryan, and this is where I'm having a really tough time, and I know it's only October nineteenth, and we really haven't dug in a lot, but 79 games, 123, 49, 123. That's his last four seasons. And then it was 153 and 146, which you can at least kind of stomach. But the last four seasons, he hasn't played more than 123 games, and we're taking like a third-round pick on him. That's getting harder to stomach going forward. Yeah, and the other number that's
2: important, too, is 30. I mean, that's how old he's going to be next year. And yep. Tim Anderson, a lot of his game is, is based on speed, not only speed, but also having a high babbit, an insanely high babbit. Those things tend to erode quicker than power as yeah. you get in, into your 30s. Um, so, yeah, definitely, I like you said, I had a lot of, Tim Anderson, a little regret with that pick. I think the process was fine with it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, only played half the year again and only six home runs.
1: Like that kind of – not ideal.
0: <laughs> six yeah. home runs no. and three to
2: 32 at-bats. No. At bats. So.
1: no. Uh, like I could have stomached – like if he had somehow got like 13-13 – he'd probably be like 13th on the play rate, i like, ah, oh, well it wasn't great, but I survived <laughs> just, just not doing anything stung tremendously. So yeah, it's going to take a lot for me to get back on that training. Like we talked about regrets and things we need to do better in the future. And I think just kind of already looking through the first two sets of positions, like Tim Anderson, jazz Chisholm is kind of a tougher one, but just looking at Tim Anderson's last four years, like even before his last three years, he's not playing a lot. Why am I taking an early pick? Why am I taking that kind of a risk early on? like, I know it sounds, like you said, hindsight, it's 20, 20, but those are things you can still look at and kind of like weigh out some things a little differently, potentially. And uh, you might you miss on some that all of a sudden have a full year, but at the same time, trends are trends eventually. And we've seen it with a lot of these players. And you said he gets older. It's one of those things. So it's a Captain Hindsight thing, but we'll see how that one keeps playing out. Trevor Story, he was third at uh, – he was a third overall at second base, fourth overall at shortstop, 24th on the shortstop player rater. Uh, so we kind of know that 17th second base. So I guess it shows you the depths of the position if yeah. you want
2: to. Yep. Great point. That, 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 that's something that absolutely came. It kind of popped off the page for me. Trevor story was the 17th ranks second baseman and same stat line, 24th ranked shortstop. So um, you hear all the
1: time. Shortstop is deep. You can wait on shortstop. Yeah, it's kind of true. <laughs> and then like, Bobby Witt Jr., this is where it gets fun now when we look back on things. And he was awesome. Don't get me wrong, 254, 20, 30, like not many guys have ever done in their career, let alone the rookie season. Um, he was 51st off the board, 6th on the Player Raider. He went 14th overall in our draft. And like I said earlier, Bo Bichette was in the third round. So um, this is where the early drafts are looking. It's crazy. Witt is still very good. I have no problem with him going to the first round. I think this is who he is, and he might even be better. Because he had a little growing pains early on, and then he got going and he kind of stumbled towards the end. He might be better than 254, 2030. So, like, there might be another level to to uh, Bobby Wood. So, how are you looking at Bobby Wood? Like, obviously, this isn't a 2023 pod, but we can talk about it for a second. Um, he went 14th. And, like I said, Bichette, we already both agree, is not a third round pick. But how do you, like, kind of separate those two, like, at, at first glance?
2: I mean, it's very, it, if you're, like, asking me for which one I'd take, I'd probably go Bichette, just because that's the way I draft. Like, it's. Yeah. It's just track record and safety. That's, that's me. That's, that's the HQ way. So I'm on brand with that, but like Bobby Witt. And one of the things I really like to look with rookies is kind of those in season splits and what Bobby Witt did once there was a book out on him in in the majors, second half increases contact rate from 73% to 81%. So struck out a lot less in the second half, yeah, it's fantastic, and he ran stole eighteen bases in the second half to just twelve in the first half. So um, the second half improvement for me, yeah, the power wasn't as much there, but you know, it, this is a twenty-two year old kid and it was his first time in the majors. Like that's another huge um, thing I'm leaving out. Is like you can't. I mean, there there could very well be another another level here to Bobby Witt, but just the fact that he was able to. Um adjust, adjust to the adjustments and, and improve that K rate, still run in the second half and hit two seventy-two. Um bodes really well long term. So I I've got no problem. Um I think a little bit better, at least right now, a little bit better roto player, fantasy player than real life player, just because yeah. of the bags, like still had a sub three hundred OBP. So maybe in points leagues I'm not as excited about Bobby Witt, at least for twenty twenty three only. But um,
1: the Steels, man. The steel stick out so much. Yeah, shortstop third base, too. It's a big one. Big one with Bobby Witt. And then to wrap up the top six, I kind of you know hid the gems here. But in the top six at shortstop, four of the top six finished top six in the player raider, which tells you that a nice, top-heavy, solid approach. Francisco Lindor was that sixth guy, finished third in the player raider, hitting 270, 26, and 16. Um, I, I'm not expecting Javi Baez to this, but this is kind of the idea of second year now. He got comfortable in New York, looked a lot more like the Lindor of old, and um i think i think it's kind of I don't know if it's safe to say but we got a guy that's back to being frenchy which i like to see so he had a good year and then you have monsee did you have any shares Oof. of monsee this year did you have any shares of like, I, I had, had one i
2: had one i had one cone of shame i think my first ever monsee share i took him in a dc first pitch arizona speakers draft in the 6th round i was like man 6th round all right i'll finally pull the trigger and uh not Not so so much much. not Not so much
1: much. but then we got some more solid performances bogarts 12th in the play rater. marcus Simeon fourth second at second base fourth at shortstop uh and xander's a phone we don't know where he's going to be but i guess it shows you how much the player raider values batting average because he only had 15 homers and eight steals but 307 obviously runs and rbis are good too but for the three main stats we're looking at the batting average pretty much i think sealed it for xander and that's kind of been a forte for him and i think eight stolen bases honestly was more than most of us expected so in the end it was probably a win but i think he wanted more than 15 homers yeah he wanted more
2: than 15 but um yeah player is definitely hyping up that average the other big thing and this gets underrated a lot when talking about batting average is the volume associated with it so you can hit yep. 300 if it's only 250 at bats of it doesn't make as much of a difference True. as Xander Bogart's is 557 at bats of a 30. Like that, that combination of batting average and that many at bats of it um, is, is is massive.
1: And now we fit fit we reach our first little skid mark of this deal. Uh, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th shortstop off the board, 68 through 83. Baez, 26 on the radar. Wander Franco, 39th. Jazz Chisholm, 34th. Jorge Polanco, 33rd. Now two of those names we heard at second base, so that makes sense. Or three of them did we did. <laughs> those are a trend. But Wander Franco obviously was hurt a lot. I'm not gonna like just pretend he had a horrible season because he played bad. He Hit 277, six homers, eight stolen bases. But I and I was anti-Franco going into last season. He just hasn't shown a like again, probably a better real-life player than Roto player to me. Agreed. I mean, that was,
2: it was the homer, it was the home run, stolen base ceiling for me that I think is at least right now really low on Wander Franco. And yes, injuries, that sort of thing, partial season, but still, like you said, six homers, three or uh, eight stolen bases in 314 at bats. You, you prorate that out to like 500. And it's still not all that great. So um, I know it's like super lazy to say this and interested to see where he where that ADP ends up uh, next year. But but with Franco, like I I really am, because you now have kind of two half seasons of really not much in the majors. It's going to pop at some time. But how confident is the market going to be that it happens in in 2023? I'm pretty sure I will be lower on uh, Franco than the market and probably
1: won't have them um, this year. And now it gets really fun, Ryan, because from 14th to 21 at the shortstop position, it's a green, green road. And we talked about value at second base. And I think we knew shortstop had value because we knew it was deep. But at the same time, you wanted a high-end shortstop because they were like five, five category studs. And that's what you wanted. But my goodness, Corey Seager, 245, 33 bombs, three steals. Tommy Edmund, we talked about him. Carlos Correa, 291 and 22. But here's the big boys. Dansby Swanson, 277, 25 and 18. And again, same thing happened in 2021. And one reason I always loved Dansby, but there was always questions, is when Ozzie Albies is healthy, Dansby gets at the bottom of the order. When Ozzie Albies isn't healthy, Dansby gets at the top and he crushes. Now that's something to monitor going forward. Uh, What do the Braves finally do? Can They just leave him in a productive spot. But here is the one that I know it helped the guilds win a ton and probably many others. Willie Adamus and then Swanson and Adamus went three picks apart. Swanson was second on the playwright, Adamus seventh, Adamus 238, 31 and 8. Absolute beast. He had Cronworth, Med rosario had a strong season, and then Glaver Torres that we talked about earlier. So this section, you had one, two, three, four in the top nine overall, and if you want to say six in the top 13. Picked from 93 to 152.
2: A lot of folks waited on shortstop kind of for this reason. It's a deeper position. You, there's and there's really with this group of 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 names that you just rattled off, there's different like shapes to that production too. You've got the you've got the kind of low stolen base guys in, in Seeger and Correa that gets you either power or average. You've got the stolen base guys in like Ahmed Rosario, who I had a lot of, um, Edmund. And then you had just, yeah, Dansby. Dansby doing that was just uh not not a league winner, not 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 any single players a league winner, either we two or three guys in baseball, but um that was just that was just huge. And Willie Adamas, I know we've talked about him a little bit, but kind of gets maybe it's something um I don't know, maybe it's something in Milwaukee just does not get the uh the pub um that he deserves. So uh teammate Colton Wong. And Willie Adamas, I guess we're going to keep hush hush, but both guys were yeah. super productive up the middle for, for Milwaukee this year.
1: And the only other really green spots the rest of the way, Anders Jimenez, 10th on the play Raider. We talked about him already. Alohenio Suarez, who we talked about at third base last, last week, was 14th week. at shortstop, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Jeremy Pena, 253, 22, and 11. And he kind of had some uh, rough patches in the middle of the season, but he still finished 18th. Jorge Mateo finished 19th with 221, 13, and 35. And then Josh Rojas as well. So, uh, and then Thyro Estrada down there, who basically almost went undrafted in most leagues, finished 15th on the player Raider. So, any other thoughts on the bottom half here? Which there's always some random, you know, bright spots you'll find, but that mid section at Shortstop was tremendous. Yep, that
2: I mean that that was the answer. That was the place to 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 shop. Uh, Thyro Estrada. That is a name, and that's the benefit of doing these reviews. You probably noticed this, Bubba, but, like, Mm -hmm. I did not know my man had 14 homers and 21 steals. I'm kind
1: of mad we're talking about him right now.
2: That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. It's, uh, yeah, if anyone, I guess, is in our D.C. listening to this. uh, Yep.
1: He's buried at ADP like 606 on that board. Wow. Um, I, yeah. I I I
2: I we are we are next to each other in the draft. So yeah, I, I, will, know. Not, so I'm not happy I will not I will not take him. I can't do that. No, no, I won't I won't yeah. I did the Dustin May thing. I can't I can't do the uh the Tyra Estrada. But like, man, that's an out of nowhere age 26 breakout. Um well, I mean, what do you think about him for, I mean that because that begs the question? Like they came out of nowhere, no track record. Like, what do you do with him? With him next year? Obviously, you haven't taken him yet in yeah, the draft with thirteen I've been rounds, but I've maybe been close. he's, he's, in, the he's in the queue. Yeah, he's in
1: the queue. It's been close. The track record, like you said, hasn't been there, but it's kind of been one of those where I don't. I want. I want to say like you could see it coming, but like he always had a hit tool. Just the power speed combo was kind of questionable. Like there's more speed than power, but the average was kind of pretty serviceable throughout the minor leagues. I think it was last year. Um, DVR and Eno were looking at uh, minor league stat cast data and his was like popping off the boards in, in, in the minors and it was one of those like things that transitioned okay to the bigs, he just didn't play enough last year, well now he got to play every day and the Giants are old and the Giants like the platoon and I don't see how you keep Thyro out of the lineup after what you saw this year um, that's my two cents I think he'll be very good at the same time would I be shocked if he takes a pretty good step back, no I wouldn't because we've only seen it once, and that's the hard part with this. But where you are paying to draft him. I think he's worth the gamble. I just don't know what his exact price should be, and that's why I kind of keep playing chicken, and I'll probably lose at some point in time. But I'm really close to wanting to do it because the other reason why I like Thyro, if we want to get really goofy um, come draft season, is um, he is outfield second base shortstop. So outfield middle infield is a, a nice little ring to it as well. So that's, that's I think DC there's a goal. lot to like there. Yeah, I think there's a lot to like there, but honestly, he's one of those guys. I don't, I wouldn't be shocked to be stepped back. But again, the price is right. So, like, we're almost at pick 200. So like, you're you're getting to that point anyways. So it's tough.
2: It's definitely weird there to see go. a giant have that many steals.
1: Maybe yeah. I'm just like missing guys, but it's true. It's true. Uh, they don't. It's they usually don't weird run. to see that. So. Yeah, this this last year was a weird year all around, to be honest. But uh, maybe that's the new philosophy. you will have to wait and see. Um, who was one of your most targeted? shortstops good or bad i was i was all aboard so basically
2: common theme the most targeted guys in the last two episodes have all kind of sucked (laughs) Thus, our uh taking our l's episode a couple weeks ago this one wasn't so i was all over ahmed rosario um in the forecaster last year i remember we put an upside of 300 with 30 stolen bases on him didn't didn't reach that i mean that's kind of not the point of those upside projections in the forecasts or it's more just to kind of raise your eyes as to what could happen if if things break the right way uh but we got we got a fair amount of pushback from that i think Rosario was a pretty polarizing guy um ended up 283 11 homers 18 steals out of a 142 ADP. p so um and like played the entire season so he was just set and forget all year and someone who i had a lot of and uh, really liked really liked what i saw in it you know in in the forecaster and in draft season it came to fruition uh throughout the year
1: yeah no i, I like that one there's a lot of pushback because i had it like, i wasn't all in but i, I liked him and people were like oh he can't do this i'm like well, yeah, i don't know i think he's better than you think uh, for me, I was—I've been Team Dansby for a couple of years. Like I said, I pound the drum, but the question is, where does he hit in the order? And like, it's, there's a clear split. Mike Curlin—he follows lineups, and he's pointed it out to me many times. That's why he's kind of been anti-Dansby a bit. But I, I kept sticking to my guns, and it worked out pretty well, I'd say. So um, it was—it was—and he was always like a middle infield option because where he's getting drafted. If I took a, a Trey Turner or a Chisholm or whatever, like he wasn't even the main dude at first. If you think about it, that'll change this year, of course. But uh, Dansby was one for me for sure. Who's one of your biggest regrets at shortstop? It was Dansby (laughs) because
2: it's it's weird. Like you can be behind guys and just not draft them. Maybe I just took Rosario. Like so, and it's kind of funny. Maybe like the guy targeted the most Rosario, who was going just one after one round after Dansby, um, is kind of the reason why I didn't get more Dansby. So um, Dansby Swanson' biggest regret going to be super interesting. I, I believe he's a free agent. Um, yes, he is. Next season. Yes, next he is. Season, he's so. one of the
1: few young players they did not resign. So go. Throw yeah, that one out that's there, too. true. That's yeah. true. Good so chance. I, I, good chance. He's not back in Atlanta is what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, Um. we'll see. Who knows? It's so hard to predict. I mean, yeah. if anything, Atlanta does have some room <laughs> for a bigger yeah. contract. But you're right. Like that has not been been their M.O. Um, and maybe that's what's causing so like not to make this about my teams or whatever. But like I said, I took Von Grissom in the, in the 12th round, uh, which I thought was, was really pretty, pretty good. I think he's got a decent 2020 ceiling with, with everyday playing time in 2023. Um, But the risk with that is if Atlanta does re-sign Dansby Swanson, Grissom doesn't have anywhere to play. So um, yeah. gonna be interesting. Dansby, definitely. Then, everyone talks about Judge betting on himself and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, I mean, I guess Dansby didn't have that option, but picked a heck of a time to to break out.
1: Most definitely. My biggest regret was uh, Lindor. I was anti-Lindor all, all draft season, and he proved me wrong. Like, it wasn't a killer because the other things worked out at shortstop. But yeah, that was one of those that I could have probably changed my drafts up a bit by going that direction. So Frenchie, Lindor would be one for me.
2: So one thing I'll I'll ask you real quick, just so you mentioned with Lindor earlier, second year with the Mets. Um, what do you think about Baez for next year? Second year with Detroit. Yeah, well, expectations.
1: I, I kind of like... hit, hit it at it earlier. It's like, yeah. if he's going to be going this late in drafts, so I'm probably going to jump in. Cause I still think he's that talented and he's got such a weird approach that he could still bust out at any time. And you are not paying a premium for him. Like, I still think there's talent in that bat. It's just, it's Detroit. There is a big swing and miss. There, like, there's a lot of questions, but you're not paying the premium anymore. And second year in Detroit, I'm, I am more intrigued. Yes,
2: still available in the thirteenth of our league. Yeah. So,
1: go for it. It's all yours. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do a couple listener questions. As you guys came through for us tonight, this is a big one here. We'll start off with Nick Bird, who says, "Who is your favorite buy low in dynasty leagues for both shortstop and second base?"
2: Um. So I'm not going to go like too much into the into the prospect side of things just because that's not my forte and I'm not going to pretend I know what I'm doing with that. So I'm more looking at younger um, mm-hmm. second basemen who have had time in the majors, who have shown something in the majors, but are just coming off down years. And for me, I'm going to go Brandon Lau. Um, hit 221, eight homers, injuries, all that sort of thing. I think it was just kind of a lost season for Brandon Lau. Um, and so I think... Uh, how how old is he? I think he's still super young, like 25, 26. And in Dynasty, I think that's kind of that's, well, he's 28. um, But I still think he's young enough to turn it around. And in Dynasty, I think that's like kind of the pocket where you want to
1: kind of buy low and and take those rebound guys in the major. So I'll go Brandon Lowe. Yeah, for me, I think you can get a little bit of a discount right now for a 22 year old CJ Abrams. That'd be a guy mm. I'd look at. There's still, there was a big prospect pedigree there. He's in Washington, changes scenery, everyday playing time. I'd be willing to take a chance on him. That'd be a guy I'd look at for sure. Like that. John Dobos says, hey guys, Brendan Rogers or Thyro Estrada, five by five dynasty. I kind of want to say Brendan Rogers because of Coors Field still, but Thyro was good. Thyro was good. I just think Brendan Rogers has the pedigree to be better.
2: Um, I'm going to go it's with tyro. I it's just, I, yeah, it, it's, it's, eh, I don't know. Um, maybe I'm lower. I, well, I'm obviously lower on Rogers than you. Maybe I'm too low on Rogers, but like, and I know he's had some injuries that have kind of shortened the, the beginning of his major league career, but hasn't really shown much of anything in the majors. I mean, 13 home runs and 527, at bats like right. brendan rogers had a pretty extended sample in 2023 only missed 11 days on the il with a hamstring injury and did not much with it didn't steal a single base so like i just feel like there's a lot more brendan Rodgers types that you can especially in keeper and dynasty that you can kind of supplement in um, supplemental drafts or on waivers whereas like a thyro or if you are getting 20 bags um, with True. some pop and batting average. I, I, I'd rather go that direction. Fully aware that Rogers could break out at some point and prove me wrong and do like a Charlie Blackman type of thing. But um, I I
1: don't know. I think he sold me. I think he sold me. I think Thiro might be worth the the risk there as well. Uh, Mid's projection system says is drafting Polanco or Seager, non-stolen base sources at middle infield going to be a trap or a value in your estimation. Seems like they'll project as a value ADP again, wherever they settle, but you'll need to reverse engineer the speed into your team. Well, Polanco was not productive this past year. Seager finished very high on the player raider. I usually still avoid both. That's just my personal preference. But I could see at least some Seager appeal if you need to. What do you have there?
2: Really good question. Because and the, I, I really like the way you framed it because it can be both a trap and a value. So, like we talked about this on the corner infield pod last week, that there is just at third base, there's no stolen bases outside of like birdie J Ram and Witt. at first base. I think like Freddie Freeman had the most steals at like 13 steals. There's just no steals at corner infield. So if you don't get steals at corner infield and you take a Corey Seager type in the middle infield, where are you getting your steals? You're kind of pigeonholing yourself into a certain type of player in the outfield that you need to go to, to, to make up for that. Or you go with like a JTR Varsha type of thing at catcher. Um yep. So that's where, like, that is where drafting a low stolen base guy in the middle infield can, can set you back. You have to have a plan yep. that said, like where it can be a value is Corey Seager was like vastly underrated last year in my opinion like it was going yeah, way too many in drafts yeah, yeah 33 homers finished like you said Bubba finished ninth in short stops like from an actual valuation standpoint that was a no-brainer um you just have to have a plan for other positions for how you're
1: you're gonna get your bags all right um, it's all about team construction the old adage team construction uh yeah. we have to rapid fire these because i have to run here shortly um nate curtis seager or india I'll go Seager. I'm gonna go India because I'm biased after today. Um, little book of comms says last year Albies was an early second round pick before struggling and then being hurt. Any reason not to completely throw out his 2022? I'd be happy to take his age 26 at any discount in the market. I'd say yes because I did, I did already.
2: Yep. You took him in in the draft, I think third round, yep. so third round. Um,
1: I would throw it away too.
2: Injury, age, yep. he's got the track record. I'd all part everything toss it you want. Away
1: yeah and last but not least greg kelly says curious where jorge mateo figures in that's a tough one we always knew the speed was there power was great can he do it again i'm torn on him to be honest i I need to dig in on it more but uh, what are your thoughts on mateo
2: i do i don't want to lead astray um i just think with mateo like there's such a risk especially because baltimore is like good now and contending for the postseason there's a risk that they don't just let mateo run wild i mean dude had a 267 obp he's he's very much at risk of of losing playing time which makes him kind of useless so uh, i'm probably not taking mateo anywhere um and even semi early round next
1: season yeah it's, it's a tricky one i looked at him a couple of times in our draft, and i just kind of passed i was like nope, not gonna take that risk right now yeah I'm already struggling in that draft to begin with. Um any final thoughts at shortstop and second base where I wrap up another fun look back and kind of like, wow, huh, this is how it really turned out this year as again, early rounds, middle rounds loaded at the middle infield.
2: Yep. Uh and and yeah, that, that was the path this year to kind of wait middle infield, get your bags there and take corner infield early. So, um enjoying these so far. We'll do like, we'll probably do outfield next week and mm-hmm. I don't know. After that, it'll be first pitch, so we'll probably take a week off. But we'll prep for outfield and then prep for our live show the
1: week after, man. That'll be a blast. Hitting some some golf balls, all that fun stuff, watching live baseball, drinking beers. It's going to be a great time in Arizona. But we'll keep it coming for you here to recap 2022 and get you ready for 2023 because it's already draft season, folks. So if you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter. Again, uh, leave us questions for the show. We appreciate it. Check out Ryan on Twitter at Ryan BHQ and get ready for that that big, big forecaster that they're cranking out over there. I'm on Twitter at BD Intric, and thanks for listening. Everybody, we'll catch you guys next time.